for me. Amen? <laughs> but I want to see Jesus in my life every single day. Amen? I want to see the Holy Spirit uh, be, be in my life every single day, that it not only affects me, but it affects the ones around me. Amen? If you love the Lord, say amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. I looked over to my wife today and I said, this is definitely a Labor Day crowd. Amen? We know we have a lot of people out of town and that's great. Man, some rest and relaxation, what we call R&R. Some people at the beach maybe or the mountains or wherever uh, on on a vacation. Uh, But if you're watching through the live stream, uh, we're glad you chose to do that as well. But last week we began in chapter 3 of the book of of Colossians. Y'all remember that? Yes, we started in the book of Colossians, or in chapter 3 of Colossians, and a letter that that Paul had written to a particular church uh, in the city of Colossae. And I shared last week that the first part of the letter, Paul prayed for uh, spiritual growth, and he prayed for uh, spiritual growth, and not only that, he reminded them of who Christ really, really is, and the most important thing, he, he warned them of, of false teachings. He warned them of false teachers. And in chapter 3, Paul begins to give us some practical applications. And this is what we talked about last week. Uh, we looked at verses 1 through 11. Uh, and we looked at three things that we should do in our Christian life as a believer in Jesus Christ. And number one was, above all, seek Jesus. Number two was to put to death the sins of our past. And number three was to put on a renewed life in Christ. We learn that no matter what we face in our life, that above all, we've got to seek Jesus. Amen? We've got to seek Jesus. We learn that we aren't who we used to be because we have been raised with Christ. We can put to death the sins that so easily weigh us down. And finally, last week, we learned that, that we are being renewed, which is, is present tense. Our growth in Christ is ongoing process, and we are being renewed daily. Aren't you thankful for that this morning, that we are being renewed uh, daily? So today, I want to I jump into verse number 12. Uh, right after what we read last week, quit with number 11. And today, I want to jump right into uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse number, number 12. If you're there, say Amen. If you're looking at the screen, say amen. Some of y'all. All All right. Verse number 12. Paul says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Verse 14. Above all, put on on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Verse 17 says, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord. Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through through him. Will you join me as I pray this morning? God, we love you. God, I thank you so much for the word of God. I thank you for the opportunity uh, just to preach your word uh, this morning, God. And I just thank you for what you're going to do, God, in the hearts of, of your people in this place. God, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Out on the outside of the topic of Christian Life 101, that's kind of what we, we started last week, outside of that topic of Christian Life 101, I want to subtitle today's message as Put On Jesus. Put On, on 
Jesus. If we look back at our passage uh, that we read last week, Paul talks about putting off the old life and putting on a new life in Jesus Christ. And as we begin to prepare this week, or as I begin to prepare this week, I thought about a few things. The whole idea of, of taking off something or putting off something and, and putting on something. Just to think of some everyday things. Listen, before I put a new tire, okay, on a car, what do I have to do? You got to take the old one off, right? Listen, I got a new cell phone case on my phone this week. And before they could put the new case on, we had to take the old, old case off. Hannah and I were talking. She's already smiling because she knows what I'm fixing to say. We were talking this week of the whole idea of, of putting off and putting on. And she said, you know, Daddy, before we could put a new diaper on Lexi, we have to take the old nasty one off. Y'all with me this morning? Listen, Paul gives us the idea in chapter 3 as believers in Christ that we're not only to put some things off and or take some things off in our life, but we've got we've to put some things, we've got to put some things on. As Christians, we've got to take off some stuff, but on the flip side, we've got to put some stuff on. I shared last week that Paul kind of gives us the idea of that we've got to live what we preach. Amen? Y'all remember me saying that last week, that we've got we've to live what we preach. Church, we've got to remember the way that we live our lives every single day represents who we, who we are, right? And if you claim to be a Christian this morning, that should be important to you, what others see in, in you. So Paul says, as one that has been raised with Christ, we read that last week, you got to not only take off some stuff, but you got to put on some stuff. So as we begin to walk through this passage today, listen to me. I know this is different for you. I know this is different for me, but I don't have three fancy points for you this morning, okay? I don't have three points for you, but, but I want us to understand by the end of this passage, as believers in Jesus Christ, Scripture tells us that we must take off the old self and we must, we must put on the new self. By the end of this passage, I want us to understand what our life should look like as a true believer in Jesus Christ. As we dig into our passage, I want you to take note today on the back of your bulletin or in your Bible. I want you to take note of the things that Paul tells us to put on as believers in Jesus Christ. Are you a believer this morning? Amen. Amen. Verse 12, Paul says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. Now, I want to stop right there just for a moment. Paul tells the church of Colossae, he says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly Loved. He is not talking or speaking to the unsaved or those who desire anything less than a complete surrender to God. He is speaking to those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. He is speaking to those that have accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Paul says, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. Have you accepted Christ this morning as your personal Lord and Savior? Listen, I believe Paul is talking to the church in the city of Colossae, and he is also talking to us today if you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Church, because you have trusted Christ or trusted Jesus unto salvation, you have been set apart. I like that Paul used the word, the word holy in that passage. Holy means to be set apart. We have been set apart because we're not of this world anymore, but we are now in in Jesus Christ. Listen, I encourage you this morning to take joy in knowing that in Jesus, you're holy. Amen? Listen, I encourage you this morning to take joy in knowing that in Jesus, you have been, you have been set apart. Understanding it is nothing that we have done, but it's everything that Christ has done for us. Amen? We are no longer our own, but we now belong to, to him. I'm reminded in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20, 
says, don't you know that your bodies is the temple of a Holy Spirit who lives in you, whom you have from God. You are not of your own for you were bought with a price. How many of you know you were bought with a price this morning? Amen. Listen, I always said that salvation is free, but it is not cheap. Amen. Jesus had to pay a price for us and he, we are bought with a price and that is the price of the blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. Church, we are no longer flesh and bones, but, but because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, amen, we are made whole. Because of the salvation through Jesus, we have been, we have been set apart. First Peter 1 and 15 it says, but as one who called you is holy, you also are holy in all to be holy in all of your conduct. For it is written, be holy because I am, am holy. Listen, can I tell you this morning that you can live a holy life because the one that lives inside of you is holy? Amen. Christ is holy and we can live holy lives because the one that lives inside of you is, is holy. I believe Paul goes on to share, and we're going to get into it right now. Paul goes on to share what it looks like for us to be holy in all of our conduct. Paul shares what it looks like to put on, to put on Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, put on Jesus. Put on, put on Jesus. A couple of you, that's good. All right, put on Jesus. Put on, on Jesus. Here in this one verse, Paul gives us five attributes or five, five qualities of a Christian life. Here, just in this one verse, Paul gives us five things that we should see in our, in our life, five things that we should live out every single day as a Christian. Listen, I understand this morning, Paul tells us that, that we must put on these things if we claim to be a, a Christian, amen? Listen, it's easy to say we're a Christian, but it's different to act like one. I'm going to say that again. It's easy to claim to be a Christian, but it's, it's different to act like one. Amen? Amen. Paul says if we're going to claim to be a Christian, listen, people ought to see these things in our, in our life. When people look at us, they should see the five things in this one verse. Verse number 12. Number one, Paul says, and all you do, put on, put on compassion. To be compassionate, church, means to be, to be caring for others, to be understanding towards others, to be concerned for others. Paul is letting us, letting us know here that if we are a, our, our create, our new creation, uh, we are a new creation in Christ, that we must be a compassionate people. Amen? Listen, if anybody should be compassionate, it should be those that have Jesus living inside of them. Listen, if anybody should be compassionate, it should be, it should be us. Paul says, put on compassion. Number two, quickly, Paul says to put on kindness. Listen, the dictionary says kindness is the quality of being friendly, being generous, or being considerate. Now hear me out. I understand, church, listen to me. It's not always easy to be kind. Amen? It's, it's, it, it, the reality is it's not always easy being kind, but can I tell you this morning that we have been saved because of the kindness that God showed towards us in Jesus Christ? Amen? God's kindness is the reason that we can, we can be kind. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. It says, He also raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in heaven, in the heavens, in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages we might display the immeasurable riches of His grace through His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Titus 3 and 4 says, But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. 
Listen, Romans 2 and 4 tells us God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. Church, God poured his kindness out through his son, Jesus Christ, for you and for me. And I believe as Christians, listen, the least we can do is turn and show that kindness to others. Amen? It's not always easy, but, but Paul says we got to put on compassion. We got we to put on, on kindness. Number three, he says you got to put on humility. Now, as Christians, not only should we put on compassion, not only should we be kind, but we should also remain humble. James 4 and 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. James 4 and 6 says, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives, he gives grace to the humble. Luke 14 and 11 says, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Church, many times throughout Scripture, it teaches us to, to be humble. I shared earlier that God showed his kindness towards us by sending Jesus, but what makes that even better, listen to this, when Jesus came, Philippians 2 and 8, Paul tells us that Jesus, he came and he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Jesus gave us the ultimate example of humility. Amen? Jesus humbled himself and he died on a cross for you and, and for me. Paul says as Christians, we have been raised with Christ, put on, put on humility. He also says, number four, he says, put on gentleness. Another word for, for gentleness is meekness. And some of your Bible versions may have that word meekness uh, in there. But Warren Wearsby once said, he said, meekness is not weakness, but it is power under control. Meekness is not weakness, but it is power under control. He went on to say this word was used to describe a soothing wind, a healing medicine, and a colt that had been broken. In each instance, there is power. A wind can become a storm, too much medicine can kill, and a horse can break loose. But this power is under control. He said a gentle person does not fly off the handle because he has everything under control control. I read something this week that said meekness is not an attitude of fear or a suggestion that Christians ought to be timid. It said rather it refers to gentleness. Instead of a hard-hearted response to others, a meek person is one who controls their strength and power rather than abusing it. Amen? Listen, we are called to be gentle with each other. Amen? We are called to be gentle. We are called to be compassionate. We are called uh, to be kind. We are called to be humbled. We are called to be gentle. Verse number 12, Paul says to put on, put on patience. Now, I'm sure that most of you in here, if you would be honest, I know I'm being honest with you now, I could use a little more patience in my life. Amen? I was a little frustrated with Paul when he named all these things. I said, you know what? I, I think I see a lot of these things in my life, but then I got to patience and I said, <laughs> Thanks, Paul, right? He said we got to put on patience. I read something this week that said when you're tempted to lose patience with someone, just think of how patient God is with you every day. Amen. When you think about losing your patience with your kid or, 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 or students with your mom and dad or your friends or, or your coworker, listen. Next time you, you think about losing patience with somebody, think about the patience that God shows you every single, single day. Church, I, I personally know that I could use more patience with my wife. I could use more patience with my kids. 
I could use more patience with our students. Amen? I could use more patience with, with my job. I know I can. And even though it's hard sometimes, Paul says, as a believer, listen, that is something that we've got to, we've got to have every single day is patience. I read something that said patience is power. Patience is not an absence of action. Rather, it is, it is timing. Listen to this. Patience is not an absence of action. Rather, it is timing. It waits on the right time to act for the right principles and in the right way. Amen? That should be us this morning. Paul says that in this Christian life, we've got to put on patience. We've got to have the right timing in our actions. And we, with patience, we've got to act in the, in the right way. Church, before we move on to verse 13, I want to ask you this morning, does your life represent the five things that we just mentioned in this passage? The five things that Paul says, listen, last week we talked about taking off things, putting off the old life, and now Paul's talking about putting on the new life. This is what your life should look like now that you've been, you have been raised with Christ. Does your life represent compassion? Does your life represent kindness? Does your life represent humility and gentleness? Does your life represent patience this morning? When people look at your life outside of church, and I say outside of church because sometimes inside of church, we can act like something that we're not. Y'all with me this morning? Listen, on the outside of church, do people see these things in your, in your life? Listen, I heard somebody say it's easy at church because it's like you have home field advantage, right? Everybody comes in here and we all act like we live the same lifestyle. But reality is there's sin in the church too, amen? Listen, there's people out there living in the world that come in the church. But I encourage you, when you go outside of this building, listen, if you are a Christian, they should see these things in your life. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Because that's who we are. Why? Because Christ lives, lives in us. Paul says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy, dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another, verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Church, forbearing with one another is patiently enduring the fault and failures of others in a kind, gracious, and godly manner. Not only should we be forbearing with one another, but Paul goes on to say to put on forgiveness. I mean, no, forgiveness is a hard thing sometimes. Amen? Listen, the reality is, you can be real in here. Listen, forgiveness is hard sometimes. It's hard to forgive people when they do us wrong. It's hard to forgive people when they stab us in the back or they talk about us. It's hard. It's hard to be forgiving. But Paul tells us that we, we've got to be forgiving. And listen, when you come to a point in your life where you... Where you Think, you know what, I'm not sure if I can forgive this person. Be thankful that Christ forgave you. Amen? Be, be thankful that Christ forgave you for your sins. And think about that the next time that, that you possibly don't want to forgive someone for, for doing you wrong. Christ forgave us. I read something in one of my commentaries this week. I, I really liked it. It said, how did the Lord forgive us? I'm going to ask you, how did the Lord forgive you? He forgave us of all of our sins with no room for wrath or vengeance. He went on to say that we as believers are to likewise forgive one another without holding a grudge or bringing the matter up again in order to hurt the other person. I heard a pastor say one time, if you're still talking about it, you ain't forgot about it. Amen. That's truth. 
Man, if you're still bringing it up, you ain't forgot about it. You ain't forgave them if you're still talking about it. Amen? Listen, Paul says we got to put on, we got to put on forgiveness. When we look at a Christian life and we see us as a Christian or people see us as a Christian, they should see someone that has compassion, that has kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. That's forbearing towards others and that's forgiving. Verse number 14 Y'all pull up on your seats just a little bit right here. Verse 14, Paul goes on to say, Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Now, I'm going to read through 17 today, but I want to camp out right here just for a moment. Y'all, is that okay with y'all? That's okay with y'all. I'm going to camp out here just for a moment. Paul says, Above all, put on love. Church, can I tell you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we ought to do everything in love. Amen. We ought to do everything in love. As a person who has been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, we ought to live our lives every moment in love. The Bible tells us above all, put on love. Paul says above all, all these things that I have mentioned, listen, put on, put on love. Church, the reason we should put on love above all, listen to me, The Bible gives us a real definition of what love truly is. And I want to read that to you this morning. Remembering the things that I've already talked about that Paul has mentioned, I want to read this right here. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. Very familiar passage. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have the faith to move mountains, but do not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not love, I gain nothing. Listen to this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Verse number eight, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the childlike or the childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in the mirror. Then we shall see the fa- to face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And listen to this, verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I believe the reason the Bible tells us above all to put on love is because when we have been transformed by the love of Jesus Christ and we have put on that love, listen, check this out, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, forgiveness will will come it will it will follow when we put on when we put on love when we have love it unites all of these other things in our in our life man by the name of Kent Hughes once said you can have some of these qualities that Paul has mentioned 
and not have love. He said, but it is impossible to have love and not have the other qualities mentioned in this passage. He said, we may never, may we never neglect love which abide or which bides everything together in perfect harmony. Church, can I tell you this morning that God's very, his very nature is love. Amen. His very, very nature is love. 1 John 4 and 8 tells us that God is, is love. That is who he is. And I'm here to tell you this morning that if you claim to be a Christian, listen, love ought to be in the front of your life. When others see you, they ought to see, they ought to see love. I shared with our students a couple weeks ago that Listen, if we were to do a DNA test to find out if God is your father, listen, the first place to start was, do you love people? Amen? Because if you don't love people, I question whether God is your father. Because God is love, and if that love lives inside of our hearts, listen, church, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you know, listen, you ought to show that love to others. It will be evident that Christ is living inside of you. Paul says, put on Put on love. Put on, put on love. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 39. says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as as yourself. I was listening to a comedian one time, and my dad's back there. He knows, probably knows what I'm fixing to say. Listen to a comedian one time, and the pastor said he wanted you to pray with his neighbor. And he said, well, my neighbor don't go to this church. Y'all get that? He said, my neighbor don't go to this church. But who is our neighbor? Listen, our neighbor is anyone that we come in contact with. Think about your everyday life. Students, think about your everyday life. Adults, think about your everyday life. Who do you come in contact with every single single day listen when you come in contact with those people they should see the love of christ living inside of you and when we have the love of christ living inside of us listen these other things will will come these other things will will come paul says put on love put on put on love verse 15 says let the peace of christ to which you have or you were also called in one body rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Church, listen, Christ calls us to live in peace. Amen? Christ calls us to live in peace. And we have to understand that true peace, only it only comes from God. Amen? True peace only, only comes from God. And we receive that peace with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that peace, listen, that peace should, should rule our hearts, meaning that it should take charge of how we live. Amen. That peace should rule in our hearts. Church, listen to me this morning. Christ followers, listen, as believers in Christ, we are not, we are not called to live in violence. Amen. We are not called to, to live in discord or, or division or confusion. Listen, 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, Paul tells us, for God is not the author of confusion, but, but peace. Amen. He is not the author of confusion. I want us to understand that, that God is not in confusion. He is not in violence. He is not in discord. Listen to me. God is not in division among believers. Amen. God is not in that because we serve a God and that God is the God of, God of peace. Warren Wearsby said, when there is peace in your heart, 
there will be a praise on your lips. Amen? When there is a peace in your heart, there will be a, a praise in your, in your lips. Church, when God's peace is in our hearts, we will have an attitude of gratitude. Y'all heard that before? We will have an attitude of, of gratitude. We will, be, we will be thankful. Paul says to be thankful. Let the word of Christ, verse 16, Paul says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell among you. I want us to understand this morning, the word of God will transform our lives if we allow it to dwell in our hearts. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. If you'll pick this word up, amen? If you'll pick this word up every single day and you'll begin to read it, you'll begin to study it, you'll be, uh, begin to allow it to, to speak to your, to your life, it will transform you. Amen? That's the power that the Word of God has. Verse 17 says, And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through, through Him. So in, in kind of wrapping this up this morning in this passage of what, what kind of Paul tells us uh, in verses 1 through 11 to take off, and now he's kind of telling us uh, what to put on and what our life should look like in Christ. I want to wrap this up. As Carson comes, you just begin to play something softly. I'm not done yet. I got a little bit more to go. But last week in the first part of Colossians, as I've already mentioned, Paul tells us above all, seek Jesus. He said that we must put to death the sins of our past, and he said that we must take off the old man and put on the new man, walking in a renewed life in Christ. And this week, we see the things that Paul tells us that we must put on as believers. The garments, the clothing that we... I started and titled this message this week, and I didn't. Put on your clothes. Some of y'all wouldn't have liked that. <laughs> Might even get an email for that one. It's better than take off your clothes, amen? Put on your, put on your clothes. Put on the garments that Christ has given us. Wrap yourself in those things. Man, man, I told Mr. Steve, I said, listen, I'm excited to preach God's word. Why? Because as I begin to read God's word and prepare, I begin to realize the things that Christ has given us. Listen, we're hit with so many things in this world. Depression, anger, man, just all kind of things. But if we'll just clothe ourselves with what God has given us, if we'll just put on the garments that Paul mentions in this passage, Life will be okay. I get excited when I read God's Word. I told Mr. Steve this morning, I said, I told my daughter, I said, you know why I get excited to preach? I said, you know why I get excited to stand in the pulpit and preach God's Word? I said, because when I was in high school, Austin, pay attention to this. Listen, when I was in high school, before every baseball game, I would have my headset on. I would begin pump, listen to all kind of music. I would get excited for a game. And I said, you know what? God has, since that point in my life, God has transformed me. Listen, if I can get excited for a baseball game, I can get excited to preach God's Word. If I can get excited for material things and worldly things, listen, I can get excited about the things that God gives us in his, in his word. And Paul tells us to put on these things. It's part of who we are. 
It's part of who we are. He didn't just write a letter to write it. But we have been raised with Christ. Think about that just for a moment. Christ died for you. Listen, I believe with all my heart, if I was the only one standing on earth, if I was the only one ever created, Christ would have died for me. We can take joy in that. We ought to take joy in knowing that in Christ, listen, we can have compassion. In Christ, we can can be patient, we can be humbled, we can be gentle, we can be kind in Christ. We can be loving in Christ. Reality is, man, as we look at these things that Paul mentions, reality is that in our lives, there are things that we need to work on. Amen? These things may be evident in our life, and they may be in our life, but there are things in our life that we could work on. I'm sure many of us can grow in many of these areas that Paul has mentioned in this area. Listen, just to let you know, none of us are perfect. <laughs> right? If you're perfect, raise your hand. I didn't think so. None of us are, are perfect. You know, that's why we need Jesus. Hey, pop that Jesus slide up. Pop that Jesus slide up real quick. Can I tell you that there... Can I tell you that there is nothing better than the name of Jesus? Can I tell you that there is, there is nothing in this world? Miss Diane, I love worship. Oh man, I love music. But there is no song that can compare to the name of Jesus. Listen, I love to preach, but there is no sermon that can compare to the name of Jesus. Listen, none of us are perfect. None of us. We all have faults. We all have failures. We all have things that we can work on. But Paul says, put on these things. Put on Jesus. Maybe you're in this place this morning. Listen, Carson's going to sing a song. We're going to do just something a little different this morning. Okay? Listen, I think God calls us to be different, right? Right? I think that's why Paul says to put off the old and put on the new. He calls us to be different. Listen, as Christians, our heart's desire every day should be to take off the things of this world and put on, put on Jesus. I don't care if you've been saved 50 years or one year. Listen, your heart's desire should be to put on, put on Jesus. Our heart's desire should, should be to, to be different because Jesus has made a difference in us. Carson's going to sing this song, and I want to read a piece of it, and then I'm going to get up and say a few more things. It says, I cannot waste today. I can't stay the same. I want to be different. I want to be changed. Till all of me is gone. Listen, till all, everything of me is gone, and all that remains. It's a fire so bright, the whole world could see that there's something different. So come and be different in me.
vision that you can move this heart to be set apart. And I don't need to recognize the man in the mirror. And I don't want to trade your plan for something familiar. And I can't waste a day. I can't stay the same. Cause I wanna be different I wanna be changed Till all of me is gone And all that remains Is a fire so bright The whole world can see That there's something different So come and be continues to play. Now, Miss, Miss Amanda, can you put on that slide with all the different uh, different things? Man, as I look at this and I think about everything that Paul tells us to put on as Christians, I look at that and I'm kind of overwhelmed. I'm like, man, that's a lot. But in God's word, all right, that's the biggest one on the bottom. <laughs> In God's word, okay, we learn about a God that so deeply loved us that he sent Jesus to earth to die on the cross for our sins. And when we understand God's word and we understand that God loved us so much 
And we understand that when that love transforms our life, the good news of the gospel transforms our lives, I promise you all these other things will begin to filter in your life. Reality is we all, hey, I'm, I can work on every single one of those things. But when Christ comes in to your life, the love of Christ transforms you. It is in you. It is in you. It's like when I go to my closet, I got clothes in my closet. They are in there. But every day I got to choose to put them on. Right? Every day you get out of bed. If you have the love of Christ in your life, you get a choice for all these other things. To live that out in your life. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody looking around. And I'd be the first one to tell you that I need some work in my life. Man, maybe, maybe you've been in this place today and you say, you know what? The Lord has convicted me. The Holy Spirit has convicted me of some things just today that I could work on. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit's been convicting me all week. <laughs> and I've been studying this passage since Monday. And every time I read it, I, I think to myself, am I living those things out every day in my life? Can I do better? Listen, I wonder if you're in this place today. And you say, you know what? I know there's some areas in my life that I could work on. Listen, before I give it all to call, I'm going to pray out loud for you, okay? I'm not coming to you, but I just want to pray for you. Maybe you say, you know what? There's some things that I could work on in my life. And I admit to God today that I need help in those areas. That's you. Will you slip your hand up? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody looking around. Thank you. I wonder if you're in this place today and you say, you know what? I've read the word of God. I've been to church. But I never really understood how much God loved me. And I've never accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Listen, I promise God when, I, when he called me in the ministry, I'd never have a service without giving a chance to accept Christ. I stood in the pulpit and I want to give you that chance today the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart today not anything it's not anything I can do for you but it's everything Christ can if you're in this place and you say you know what I've never accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior I've never experienced that true love that's you will you slip your hand up anybody else anybody else listen as Carson sings this song right here he's going to sing it one more time I want you to I want you to sing it. This should be our prayer, that God would do something different in us. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. Man, there was hands that said, you know what? I think it was about 11 different things on the, on the screen of things that, that Paul gives us to put on. And I encourage you, listen, if there's an area in your life that you know you can work on, maybe the Lord's dealing with, with you today, listen, I encourage you to come. Hey, I can tell you this, there's no, there's no better place to lay it than at the feet of Jesus. Amen? Carson, 
I want you to come. message out with this and and I want to do it again Uh, verse we read today I encourage you to strive every single day to be different amen to allow God to do something different in you this last verse we read today it said in every and and whatever you do in word or in deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Everything you do, and do it for Jesus. I had a pastor 
and I promise you, I'm, I'm, I'm closing. Pastor Donnie Driggers, and I don't know, he might come back and watch this. He used to work at Crown Cork and Seal, and he drove a forklift for 30-something years. He drove a forklift. He said, I treat everything on my job as if I'm doing it for Jesus. He said, I have drove a forklift for 30 years for Jesus. And I heard so many people say, you know what? He's the same guy at church. He's the same guy at Walmart. He's the same guy at work. He's the same. Why? Because he did everything he did for Jesus. And when we have that mentality, when we have that mindset, every day when we get up, we put on the things that come with a new life in Christ. We will do everything in the name of Jesus. Be encouraged with that this morning. Man, just a few things before we leave. Tonight, we will not have no youth. Uh, Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Labor Day tomorrow. We will kick that back off Wednesday night uh, with our students. And then next Sunday night, we'll be back with our students as well at 530. Uh, There will be no Wednesday night Bible study this week for adults. There will be no Wednesday night Bible study. That is the ninth, this upcoming Wednesday. The following Wednesday, uh, our pastor, a new pastor, will be with us starting on the 16th. And from there on out, he will be preaching on Wednesdays. And then his first Sunday will be October the 4th. If you have any questions, come see me. Um, But if nothing else, listen, we love you. I appreciate you. I appreciate this church. I appreciate what, uh, guys, you you do not for me, but you do for Jesus and you do for, for this ministry. We love you. Have a great day. God bless.